I found a question. Okay. Are we ready to get started? Yes. Actually, I feel like I want to hold something. I want to hold a pen. I'll be right back. A pen? Yeah, I need to hold a pen. Ooh. Do you want to hold a pen? I feel like every episode you're going to have something different to hold on to, and I love that. Last episode you were holding your Benjamin like a mic. I think that was last episode. Was yeah. that last episode? I need to, like, I think so. I need to keep my hands, like, busy. Kind of. Like, I need to, like, I, I get that. That's I why you see me something. playing with my nails all the time. Oh, it has a nice click. Ooh, oh, I love a click. If you hear clicking in the background, it's Issa. And if you hear a peeing noise, it's because she has nice rain sounds on the TV. Yeah, we set an ambiance today. <laughs> Hello, Bet Schools. Welcome to episode seven. We're so sorry for the delay. So sorry. We both kind of got sick. Yeah, there's like something going around and it's just taking everyone out one by one. And it got us. It got us good. Yeah, she got sick, and then I went on vacation, and then I got sick. So, my bad. Oh, she got sick when you were coming back from your vacation, though, and, like, not at the, like, the beginning of it, because that would have been frustrating. Especially, like, having to be, like, in a hotel. Just not, like, that's the worst is being sick away from home, Mm -hmm. because you can't, like, be in your comfort. You can't be, like, in your own energy. You're, like, in some random hotel or something and like you're away from home and oh yeah i get you it's not fun yeah i mean it was it wasn't too bad what did you do while i was gone work bitch i know it actually kind of worse not worse but my schedule i had to come in a few hours earlier because you were on pto uh-huh. and because um what's it called one of our other co-workers had to come in earlier to like help cover you being gone so i came in to shout help. out to Brittany. I love you, Brett. And then uh, I had to cover like a little bit because she got off at six, so I had to come in at six. So that was, I mean, at least I got off early, but I mean, it was still like I had to wake up at five. I'm used to waking up at like 7.15. Oh, ew, so, that, yeah. but it was okay. It was okay. I got through it. Good. I'm glad. Got through it. I'm glad you survived. I did survive. Yeah. I'm glad you survived and you didn't get kidnapped on your um. Oh, thanks. Your trip. I was I was worried about that honestly. Like on that long drive to LA too. That's a that's a creepy stretch of road. Well, not um. We only stopped once, but like when I mean we walked everywhere, we walked everywhere. I did. I don't like driving in like big cities, so I, and I wasn't gonna pay for expensive parking. So we it was walked like forty bucks a day. That's ridiculous. To and from the hotel every time. Walked to Disneyland. Um, to get there and then walked back to our hotel for a break and then walked back to Disneyland and then walked back to the hotel. But at nighttime, um, I was a little worried about it, but it was fine. Like, yeah. The walk was okay because there wasn't a whole lot of people that weren't walking either. Yeah. It was just kind of weird that we were that far away. I don't know how you did that. I Ubered <laughs> because I was not going to do that. Alex was like, you can probably walk from here. I said, you're on crack. Well, I'm calling Uber right now. I had uh, flat shoes. The shoes that I have are... I wore Vans. I have knockoff Vans from Walmart. I wore platform Vans. Don't tell me. Um, And I ended up, like, starting to hurt the first two days. And then I flopped to my Crocs. And and then um, I got my first um, giblets to put on them. (gasps) I love that. I'm so excited. Um, Did I tell you about Harry Potter? Okay. So we went to Universal Studios in the first day. Of course, I wore my getup. I was going to wear my skirt, but it um, I felt the chafe. And because yep. I didn't pack the the leggings that I wore with it for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't the same ones and it's chafing, whatever. Um, so yeah, I just wore skinny jeans with the button up and my tie. And then the robe 
and then that was it. Um, we went to Ollivander's first. Okay. And I didn't know that um, they only accept one person for, like, the wand ceremony thing. Like, they pick one person. So what they do... Really? Yeah. So what they do is they cram you into this room, and this room has a bunch of wands all over the wall, okay? And then this is the waiting room, and the lady will be like, oh, the... Um, the shopkeeper will let us know when he's ready. Uh, go ahead and talk amongst yourselves or whatever. And she asks like a couple of questions like, oh, where's everybody from? Anybody out of state? Anybody out of the country? Anybody out of the continent? Like that Yeah, kind of thing. that's wild. And there were a couple of people. There were people from yeah. um, England. There was people from France. There was people from Spain and all different countries. You came here? Yeah. So. Go to Disney World. Yeah. So. I was I was surprised. No judgment. Sorry, I thought was judgment. Um, I feel. And then we heard a bang on the wall, and it was the shopkeeper letting us know that he was ready. And uh-huh. then you go in, and there's a staircase, and nothing but wands. And then, um, and then the shopkeeper like starts saying, "Oh, like I feel like a powerful presence here." Blah blah blah. Oh my like, goodness. Whatever. And he picks one person out of the crowd. It's always a little kid though. A wand. Did it get was you? me. <gasps> oh, like, what? No way. Like, <laughs> no, I was so excited. My mom recorded it. I, I, need, yeah, I need to see I that. That was so cute. I can't post videos on like Facebook or send videos because for some reason, Apple is stupid and Messenger is stupid and the videos are too long to send. Um, but I felt bad because I was all like a little kid from like out of the continent could be getting this and i got it and i was like the only reason why i probably got it was because i was dressed in like the uniform and everything but i was like wow this is crazy so you know how i don't like being called in front of like crowds but this was great i didn't care (laughs) but like in the video you'll see like I'm like fidgeting. I don't know what to do with my hands. I bet. I'd be and so I'm nervous. Like, I'm like sitting there, like brushing my head and my yeah. head out of my face, like doing all different kinds of stuff because I just, I just don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And so he goes through like two or three wands, maybe. He'll ask you, I don't know if Ramon got it in the video, but he'll ask you to put your hand on the, uh, the hand that you write with um on the table and he'll start doing measurements and he measured my thumb and he's all like are you aware that you have such a tiny thumb you don't gotta call me out like that and he's all like no and he's all like i don't know but i love this guy that's so funny that's funny it's like um and so we go through the whole thing like i kill the flowers i'm supposed to bring light into the freaking room and it turns into thunder and then finally he hands me one and then like spotlight and air and whoosh 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 and so that's so um, exciting it's a really pretty wand i gotta send you a picture of it how much was it it. i don't know ramon paid for it he said that was my christmas present um and i got it engraved with my name because you can get them engraved (gasps) yeah so i have a cedar um a cedar wand with a unicorn hair um center did you get your like your wand from your harry potter site or no i've never done that before no queen are you fucking serious right now yeah well because okay i have two different houses because multiple times i've taken the test and multiple times i've either gotten hufflepuff or ravenclaw but yeah it was so much fun and we so we stayed there um for some of the times and there's interactive areas in the hogwarts 
or in Hogsmeade mm-hmm. that you can like use your wand and do different things inside. That's the so cool. Yeah, and cool. every every wand reacts or like acts to places on the park, or only your special wand because you. I think they're specialty ones. I think the normal ones are fifty bucks, and then the interactive ones are seventy. That's um, not even I, bad. I, I pay for that. I can't remember because um, I don't even think I asked. I just remember some lady being like, oh, the silver label ones are $70 and the white and black label ones are 50 So I think that has to do with it, but I never actually checked. Yeah. Joey asked me about it one day um, before I left and I was like, I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, it was so cool. That's so fun. I love so that. Fun. I want to get a one. you're eating my hair. When you walk into the Hogwarts school to go on the ride they like uh if you're in like uniform and everything they'll be like oh welcome back hufflepuff <gasps> kind of thing no and so does the conductor at the entrance of hogsmeade <gasps> because there's a the train right there and they have a conductor posted at the train so that you could take a picture with him uh-huh and he'll like greet you as you come in it's so cool that is so now i have to go dress as my my house yeah. because that is so cool i love that i also met the grinch I know I saw it. that's so cute yeah. and you saw didn't you meet Jack and Sally too mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I was so excited yeah. I got I did everything I wanted to I know do. I love that for you but yeah I'm glad that everything was open for you when you went and you got to do everything well do you want to go first or would you like me to go first I'll go first with my story but you go first with your question yeah or no no you would go first with your question and then I'll go second and then your story <gasps> I get you okay my question for you Miranda is in a zombie apocalypse, what is your weapon of choice? Hmm. Hmm, it's a good one, huh? I know, thanks. But I bought it all myself. A spear. But a very a spear? durable one. Okay. Um, maybe, ooh, maybe like a harpoon thing. Okay. Like, really long metal stick with something sharp at the end. It could be like a knife. It could be like a, a, an arrowhead or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, and the stick has to be like metal, like durable it can't be anything flimsy. Yeah. Because you don't want it to break. Oh, no. The reason being is because you have to get the head. And if you're up top or anything like that, like, you can get the the, the length that you need. But also if, um, say, people, they're coming at you, mm-hmm. you don't want to get close to them. No. So it's a good weapon to, like, you know. I get you. But, yeah. Just um something very long and pointy. I get that. That's why I would I think I would go for um like Michonne's weapon from The Walking Dead. Her um her katana. Yes. Oh my god, I, that shit is amazing. And then like she's so badass with it. And you're obviously gonna get like really skilled with the weapon very quickly because you're gonna be constantly using it, you know, in the fucking apocalypse. So imagine how badass it is. Everyone else is, like, using guns and creating those loud noises, drawing zombies to them. But I pull out a fucking katana and just behead them. Like, now what, bitch? Now are we going to fuck with me? No. And like, the fact that she, like, cuts their mouths off, like, their her Their, their jaws. Uh-huh. And their off so that she could keep them nearby to keep off other... other that's smart as fuck. Yeah, that's I wouldn't crazy. have thought about that. That's probably funny. But, yeah, I think I would definitely do a katana. Okay. Because... Obviously, probably a gun in the beginning, but I would, my overall weapon would definitely be a katana. Mm-hmm. Question? Yeah. If there's an ambulance on its way to save someone. Okay. And it knocks down someone. What? Like, hits someone. Uh-huh. Do you think it would stop to help them? 
I think it would not. No? Okay. I... Fuck! I don't know. <laughs> okay. So I think... No, because I... Ah! Well, I'm glad I'm not an EMT because I would be very conflicted and I'm sure both patients would die waiting for me to choose. Oh. So I... E, I think... <laughs> Sorry, I had to make a joke. <laughs> I think they would probably... Ah! Okay. I think they would maybe stop. There's so many thoughts going through my brain. I can't I can't find the words. It's okay. So I think they maybe would stop and help and then dispatch another ambulance to that call they were going to. Mm-hmm. Either that or they would continue on their route. <laughs> Be like, sorry, up the window. <laughs> Just leave. Oh no, my god. We would call an ambulance for the person that they hit. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know which one. I think they would do obviously one or the other. I just don't know which one is the right the right answer. But if anybody knows any EMTs, let us know. Mm. Well, um, Alex's mom and his sister. Well, she's going to school. His sister's going to school to be an EMT, I believe. Oh, okay. And I believe his mom is an EMT. Um, so I can maybe ask her. That would be hella funny. Be like, oh, my best friend and I have a podcast, and she asked me this weird question because we have. These weird questions we like to ask each other. Can you tell me the answer to this one? <laughs> what is the correct procedure um, for if you are on the way to a call, but yeah. you hit a pedestrian on the way? Yeah. She's like, bitch, what? <laughs> I don't know, Liz. You tell me. You get into a car accident and you hit someone. She's like, um, so do we need to have a conversation? That's hella funny. Do we need a 5150, you guys? Literally. Uh, she's like, um, dispatch. But that'd be hella funny. If I get the courage, I'll ask her. Oh, okay but that's basically you to that Ooh, don't don't hold me to it i don't <laughs> like being having responsibility okay are you ready for your story oh yeah i'm going Hi. first huh okay queen so we shall start with my story okay my story is on raymond snowden do you know who that is i have no idea who me is. i don't know who it is either uh apparently he's idaho's jack the ripper i didn't know that idaho had its own little version i guess Mm -hmm. but snowden is considered one of idaho's most infamous killers um and although he was convicted of just one murder the absolute brutality of what happened is what awarded this psycho the name idaho's jack the ripper which is fascinating Mm -hmm. trigger warning though about the murder so i will give another warning when i get to it but i want to just kind of preface this now that the murder is like it's it's brutal so but i will give another trigger warning when we get to it so raymond snowden i guess he was also the last person executed by the state of idaho before they changed their laws regarding the death penalty and he was also the last person to be hung by the state before they changed their weapon their weapon (laughs) their means of um execution wait how does that work to lethal injection what do you mean well you said he's the last person to Mm -hmm. to die of the death sentence because they changed their laws right yeah they they reversed it oh okay so they went from hanging people mm-hmm. to not having the death penalty and then back to the death penalty but now with lethal injection okay yes yes makes sense so he was the last yes he was the last person by the state to um be hung okay but um i honestly like trying to find anything about him i couldn't find a lot on Raymond, Mm -hmm. I couldn't really find anything about his past or like his parents. But what I did find was that Snowden was born on October 22nd and 1921 in New England. And at some point he lived in Middleborough, Massachusetts. Um, 
1956, Snowden was staying in a hotel in Boise, Idaho, while he was working as an itinerant laborer. Girl, what the freak? You want me to try and read it? Yeah. What's that highlighted one? Itinerant? Itinerant? That sounds right. I'm going with that. I have no idea what the fuck Itinerant laborer. I looked it up. Even though I can't pronounce it, I did look it up. it looks like the word itinerary, but it's yes. itinerant. I was confusing. It's, I don't know. English language is hard to pronounce sometimes. <laughs> basically, though, he was like, it's basically a temp job, but for like hard manual work. Okay. So he, was like some, he was like a manual laborer, but it was just like a, like he it was like you find the jobs as they become available. Like the temps at work? Yeah. Um, so earlier in July of that year of 1956, though, um, Snowden, he spent one night in jail for allegedly, quote unquote, allegedly attacking his common law wife with a knife. Yeah. So already, well, he's a piece of shit. We knew that, but he just live up to the name. Right off the bat. Nice. So he did plead guilty to battery and he was sentenced to, get this, Miranda, he was sentenced to pay his court fines. That's it. He pled, he pled guilty. And they said, okay, pay your fines. What the fuck? Literally. He pled guilty to assault. And nobody gave a shit. Yes, what? or pled guilty kind to of. battery, I'm sorry. But battery with a knife. That's a deadly weapon. Yeah. So. That should be attempted murder. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? And what's sad is that if he would have been held accountable or he would have done some jail time, what happened next maybe would not have happened next. Oh. Um, so on September 3rd, 1956, Snowden decided to go bar hopping with a friend. So this was about two months after he, quote unquote, allegedly attacked his common law wife. But he did because he pled guilty. What's a common law wife? So it's someone that you live with or you've been with for at least, I think it's seven plus years. Oh, after okay. that, even though you're not like technically, even if you don't have a marriage certificate, in the eyes of the law, that is, like, your, like, common law wife or husband. So they can make, like, um, I believe they can make, like, medical decisions on your behalf if they need to. Oh, okay. Or they can, like, um. You have to prove that in some way? Yes. Oh, okay. You have to probably prove, like, you have to have, like, bills in both your names mm-hmm. or something for the past, like, seven plus years. You have to have maybe, like, pictures that prove, or just, like, some kind of documentation that proves that you've lived in the same residence and you've been together for at least like a certain amount of time i think it's seven plus years but um so yeah she was his common law wife so he was with her for at least seven years at least it's a long fucking time and you attack her shit piece of shit snowden he was um he was visiting the bars in garden city idaho which is pretty close to boise where he was staying in one of those bars he recognized a woman named Cora Dean, I think the name Cora is so beautiful. I have a niece named Cora, and she's beautiful. Mm. Cora Dean was the woman that he recognized. Um, when he was asked about this by the police, um, like, oh, so you've met her before? There, he said, oh no, we've never officially met. That he just like saw her around. Is oh, what he said. Okay. So I don't know what the fuck that meant. Cora Dean, though, um, a little bit about her. She was a mother of two. I saw a couple articles mentioned that she um, that she was a mother of two, but I couldn't find anything really on the kids, like any names or ages or if they truly existed. I just saw like a, one or two articles mention it, okay. so I figured I would mention it. But she had just recently moved to town from Pasadena, California, and she was staying in Boise with her mother, and those were confirmed. 
Um, I read in a couple places that Cora had lost her husband and she was grieving. And that is why she was out in Garden City that night at the bars. Um, mm-hmm. But I could not find anything concrete on it. Either way, I don't think it really matters why she was out at the bars. Because I think yeah. anyone has the right to go to the bar and expect to get home safe. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, um, for Cora that night, though, she ran into Snowden, who was able to mask his crazy, and he talked her into leaving the bar with him. True psychopath. True psychopath. Now, what happened after the bar is all based on Snowden says, so we have to take his word for it, or, like, at least we're going off of his word. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he had said that after the bar, they fought over who should pay for the cab, which is like, you should have paid for the cab. So I was like, okay, I, I see, I see Miss Girl being like, if, if he were able to like, if he did what he said and he was able to um, position her, like, hey, you want to like come back to my place? Yeah. And she was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. I could see her being like, you want me to go to your house and you're going to fight with me on who the fuck is going to pay for this cab? Yeah. Like, no, no. That's not okay. Literally. He's a, just a piece of shit all around. Won't even pay for the cab. Okay, whatever. Couldn't afford it or what? Snowden says that they fought over who should pay for the cab. He then says that he hit Cora, and she responded by kicking him, which is like, yes, you did, bitch. Like, she fought. Like, she was not going to go down without a fight. Yeah. And this is where the trigger warning I mentioned earlier, this is where it's going to kind of... um Come into play. Yes, this is where the murder happens, unfortunately. So pissed off that she stood up for herself and was fighting back, Snowden tells Cora, take your pick, honey, rape or death. My jaw dropped. Like, I literally oh started God. shaking when I read that because I couldn't imagine being... Because um, I don't know, because it's really hard to find um the setting for this. All we kind of get is he, they were um trying to like, call for a cab and then they argue over who should pay for the cab and then he hits her and then she kicks him back so I, i'm assuming this is all like outside like on the street yeah you know or something and so i just couldn't imagine being out there in the dark probably alone because it's 1956 i don't think i don't know if there were street lights i don't know about history i'm so sorry yeah but if there weren't it's probably dark as fuck and you're scared there's i don't think there were cell phones either like i think they were only retort- oh my god the road rotary. I was gonna say rotisserie. Thought there was some rotisserie chicken. So there were some rotisserie chicken phones. No, there were only the rotary phones, which are obviously on the wall at your house. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine just being told that by your like you're in front of this man. And he says, "Take your pick, honey. Rape or death." Yeah, that's fucking awful. Like I, oh my god, like I literally started shaking when I read that. I couldn't imagine. Um, Cora continued to resist, though, and she started to scream when he said this. And so Snowden, when she started screaming, he pulls a two-point, like, 25-inch, like, a little, yeah, like, two-point, 25-inch pocket knife out. And he slashes her throat ear to ear. Um, I guess it was so bad that he ripped out, like, her, her voice box. What the fuck? Was mutilated. No, he didn't rip it out, I'm sorry, but it, her voice box was mutilated. What's a two-point... I don't know how five inch. Yeah, I don't know how big that is, but it's. I think that's like like a little pocket blade. Yeah. Yeah. So he. That's a lot of. It's like the length of one of your fucking fingers. That's a lot of force. That's a lot of hatred to like, do that so deeply that you mutilate her voice box. That's crazy. He then um continues to stab Cora's lifeless lifeless body twenty nine times, and he steals her fucking wallet before he flees by hitching a ride back to Boise. That's crazy because it's like a that's literally a hate crime. Like if you have done it more than like one or two times, it's considered a hate crime, I believe. What do you mean? 
like okay so um for example like say somebody were to kill you and stab Uh you like 15 20 times that would symbolize that somebody like really did not fucking like you like Uh they really like like hated your i get to the point like when you were already down they just kept going Uh uh-huh um or if you were to be killed by somebody and they cover your body or they stage you in a way or that kind of thing it's more of a passionate crime a love crime i get what you're saying because they still killed you but they still love you remorse. or showed some kind of remorse in order to like position you in a certain way or like that kind of thing or uh-huh. cover your body so i don't know i don't know what the criteria is for hate crime but like his it could also just be the fact that his blade was so tiny that he would have to stab that many times in order to cause any kind of like not bodily harm but like at this point she's also dead yeah any like that's i think it would be kind of like overkill yeah yeah it'd be overkill because um i mean my as far as my uh my law knowledge it goes as far as what i've learned on svu (laughs) (laughs) but i'm pretty sure from what i've learned from my girl olivia benson and rafael barbara is that a hate crime is when you kill someone based on their race, religion, gender, sexual orientation. So it's oh, like yeah, you yeah. make it obvious that I might you have like my words wrong. No worries. I just can't remember what it's called. And there's so many different ver- there's like manslaughter, second degree, first degree, there's mm-hmm. um overkill, there's a hate crime. There's so many different uh like variations of murder, which is fucking wild. Yeah. That because, I mean, I guess, obviously, there's obviously different cases or stances mm-hmm. behind what caused the murder. So, obviously, there's going to be different labels, I guess, for them. But, yeah, I think in this case, stabbing her 29 times would be a sign of overkill. And yeah. that, yeah, he probably just fucking hated her. And that he was pissed. Like, that he even said, like, I was mad that she said no to me. And yeah. that she wouldn't give me what I wanted. So, I stabbed her. Or I slit her fucking throat. And then I stabbed her 29 times and stole her wallet. Man, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Um, oh, but we get our justice, Queen. Good. <laughs> we get our justice. When Cora's body was found the next day, she was found by a, lo- a local paper boy. So I'm assuming she was found on the street, mm. which makes me so sad that yeah. her body was just there, like in the cold. Like, my oh my gosh. Um, when she was found, the path the pathologist determined that her killer also took his blade. And he pushed it into the base of her skull to probe for her spinal cord. What the fuck? Yes. Yes. Like, I don't understand um, what the what the point of that was. Because you've already slit her throat. She's dead. You stabbed her lifeless body 29 times. I don't know. Because um, the pathologist also determined that this was done after she was dead. Like, this was done after she had died. So what was the point of it? But regardless of why he did it. Thank God this dumbass did because it was it was a solid lead that led to his capture. Interesting. Yes. So the reason why that was such a solid lead was because a, de- a detective, Frank Bohr, remembered locking a man up for a night after a woman called the police saying 
that her boyfriend was threatening to cut her spinal cord and hurt her. So he remembered that call because that's, you were going to remember. I feel like there are some things you're going to remember and that may be one of them when you're on the job. So he remembered that call and who the man was they locked up. So he, he went on a limb and it fucking worked out. So he has an M.O. Or like he at least has some kind of weird like spinal weird or like he he wants to see what happens or like what i don't know whatever it is but he's obviously thought about it before to where he threatened his girlfriend with it and he was held for only one night when that happened exactly what the fuck but working off that hunch uh detective frank Bohr went looking for raymond snowden who also, Raymond was identified by a witness as the last man seen talking to Cora. So since they had, mm. since they had that uh, kind of lead to go off of that it may be Raymond, the police were showing this picture around and they were like, oh yeah, that guy, I saw him talking to Cora and I saw her leave with him. Mm-hmm. So that's now um, identified as a, more, a very strong, credible lead. Like, hey, now we, we have this, this history of threatening people and cutting their spinal cords. Yeah. And then now we have confirmation that he was the last person seen with Cora leaving this Good. bar. So Snowden, after he murdered Cora, he discarded of the murder weapon in a sewer. And I found in one article that said that he had discarded of the knife in a sewer in front of a cigar store before he entered it. What? Um, but I only saw one article state this. Like, only one article. They had said that he... Disposed of the knife in front in a sewer in front of a cigar store in Boise called Hannafin's. And um, Hannafin's is still open and um, running today. But I only saw that one article say it. And it seemed kind of more like um, like a tourist ad to come like, oh, come see where this, where Idaho's Jack the Ripper uh, dropped that. off God his damn. murder weapon and then came in and bought cigars after. Why do you want to go see shit like It's that? like, exactly. Like, why are you gonna, why are you gonna fucking, um, well, I guess I shouldn't say that, but, like, I mean, I understand the, the morbid curiosity, but the way that people or, like, these, these, some of these companies or stores or whatever profit off of, yeah, like, the history that, the morbid history that happened there, like, that's just disgusting. Like, some, a woman lost her life for this man to be fucking labeled, fucking quote, unquote, mm-hmm. uh, Jack the Ripper of Idaho. Like, give him a fucking Dundee. Like, oot. No, what the, he's a piece of shit, and he should be called by his stupid ass fucking name or piece of shit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, don't give me these fucking names. But that one article stated that he went to that store, but I only found that one place that said that, so I don't know how credible it is. On the morning, though, moving on. On the morning of the 24th, just two days after Cora's murder, Snowden was arrested. He's a fucking idiot. During his interrogation, which was about eight hours long, he initially denied knowing about the crime but he did eventually confess to killing cora he yes so at least he fucking owned up to it like shit he went on to tell the police he killed her because he was angry the poor baby had a fucking tantrum and took someone's life oh my goodness and kill someone real quick yeah like and you're gonna tell the police oh angry like i'm just upset having a bad day i'm sorry i mean take it out on her you took her fucking life. How about I kick you in the balls repeatedly until they fall off? Yeah, for real. Piece of shit. After he told the police, though, so he's had a little tantrum. He also told the police that where he threw the knife at, and it took them about several days to recover it, but they did initially find the murder weapon. While awaiting trial, um, because obviously you're fucking guilty, Snowden was 
um, held at a at the same jail actually that he was held at when he attacked his common law wife a few months before he killed Cora. So he went back to that same jail and was awaiting his trial. On October fifth, Snowden had pled not guilty to killing Cora for for whatever. What? Yeah, he, after you just confessed. Exactly. But he did change that plea to guilty um, thirteen days later on the eighteenth. Okay. So I don't know what the fuck he's doing. I don't know if there was, like, a deal made or what, but I don't know. He just changed his mind. Whatever. Um, the judge, after Snowden changed his mind, the judge wanted to make sure that he was aware of his rights and, like, that, you know, if you are pleading guilty, you are waiving your right to a trial by jury. And I wanted to make sure before we move on to your, your sentencing hearing that you know this. And he was like, yeah, I'm aware, whatever. Fuck you. And the judge says, okay. So the hearing was scheduled for October 23rd to determine the degree of murder that Snowden had committed. Because there's so many... It's wild how many there are. Yeah. During the hearing, the court determined that he had committed first-degree murder and sentenced him to die. Good. Fuck you. First-degree murder, though... Oh, my gosh. First-degree murder is, though, in case anyone is confused, because I was definitely confused. I needed to, like, look this shit up. Isn't it, like, purposeful So it um it. Any unlawful killing of another person that involves, yes, deliberate and premeditated intent to kill. You had thought it out. You had planned to do it. Or at least leading up to the crime, you had planned. Like, and you know and they know that because of the phone call that he had had with the... with No, they know that because of the phone call that the officer had had with his girlfriend. I believe so. I think because that was that would be that would be a sign of like, oh, you've thought about doing this before in the yeah. first place. So, yeah, that would make sense. Okay. Yeah, but Foden didn't agree, and he said that his he said that uh, Cora's murder did not meet the criteria of first degree because he did not exhibit malice forethought. So he was like, I didn't intend to kill her. It just kind of happened because she pissed me off. He was like, he's trying to say that it was like a spur of the moment thing that it should be more like um, manslaughter because it's like that's when it happens like accidental killings you know what i mean but you still killed somebody that doesn't make any sense because no. you did intend to kill her exactly because you gave her the option between rape or death yes exactly so you like you intended to ra- at least rape her so you intended to cause harm which is having malice forethought you fucking complete yeah. moron idiot but he was like no i didn't think about it. whatever so Snowden's lawyer he filed a notice to appeal because of this tomfoolery and because of it, Snowden's execution was delayed. Um, and one last final ditch effort to help his client, I guess, you know, I guess he's just got to do his job. Yeah. Um, Snowden's lawyer requested a commutation of Snowden's sentence based on a mental illness, which he didn't mention fucking earlier. But a commutation, I guess, is just like, um, it's like trying to like reverse it. Like he wants, he's saying that like the the sentence was wrong, that they want to reverse it, that he shouldn't be uh, sentenced to death because he's mentally ill. And it's so crazy. Like, if there is 100% proof that this person had did wrong, mm-hmm. like, it's weird how, like, the the law system works, like, with attorneys and shit. Uh-huh. Like, an attorney can't just be like, oh we're well can attorneys be like oh we're not gonna help you or we're not gonna like i believe so i mean they have you i mean they have the chance to say no to who their clients are but also like like, you gotta eat yeah but like if you do pick somebody 
Well, I guess they're kind of legally obligated to, like, completely help this person in any way. Yeah, like, they can't, like, they can't, like, uh, try to, like, bomb their case on purpose. Man, I could never do that. I, th- I, th- I think they would they would lose their license. Yeah, I could never do that. Oh, my goodness. It, yeah, I could never help, like, someone that was very clearly guilty yes. in the first place, yeah. I, I don't know. But, like I said, man's got to eat. So he was, the lawyer was saying, like, oh, this is more, like, second degree or manslaughter. This, this penalty is just inhumane because he's mentally ill. And so the... Idaho Supreme Court came together and they're like, okay, let's, you know, let's talk amongst ourselves. And by a unanimous opinion, they said, basically, fuck you to Snowden and and rejected his appeal. Good. And scheduled him for a new execution date. Son of a bitch. Why would that suck in my mouth? Oh, but this new date was set to be on October 18th, 1957, four days before his 36th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what a big fuck you and i love it i love that um so snowden's last meal it was a lobster i don't know I'm i guess so i didn't even finish it well i'm glad that you brought up the the last meal thing after the episode where we talked about like where we kind of want to know what these people yeah are. i wanted so, to know yeah i'm so glad you you bring of course okay, green i, I bring everything to the table he had a meat he had a lobster he didn't even fucking finish yeah yeah, yeah, I yeah. Even like lobster, yeah, I don't like on your last day. Like, what the fuck? I want to go out fucking whole. Yeah, give like, me. A I want to be. I don't care. Yeah, I'm die exactly. I'm gonna die anyways. What's the point? The warden also described him as being in quote unquote good spirits on the day of his death. Like, oh. like he was, like he was at peace with it. Whatever. Fuck you. So Snowden was ex. Oh my God, he was escorted to the death chamber at the state penitentiary shortly before midnight on October 17, 1957. When asked for a last word, Snowden said, I can't put into words what I want to say. And with that, (laughs) the trap door opened (laughs) at 12.05 a.m. So he said his last word, and they were like, cool. And And so on October 18th, at 12.05, the door was opened, and at 12.20, 15 minutes later, Snowden was pronounced dead. Damn, 15 minutes later? Does yeah. it really take you that long to fucking die from being hung? Listen, Queen, it gets better. It's actually said that maybe his um, execution was, like, botched. Oh. So um, the room where his execution took place was called the gallows room. And he was actually the only prisoner to be executed there. I guess they had other rooms where they did executions, but they had built this, like, the, the the gallows room was built by the prisoners in the prison. And I don't know why they never used it before or after, mm-hmm. but Snowden, Snowden was the only prisoner to be executed in that room. And because of that, ghost stories have, like, swirled around the prison and that room and with also the the um, rumor that Snowden's execution was botched. Okay. So I guess when he was hung, the rope did not break his neck like it's supposed to. So you're supposed to fall from a height and break your neck almost yeah. immediately. It didn't do that. So he just swung there and slowly strangled to death. I mean, I mean, I love that. You got what you deserved. Yeah, that he did. Yeah, he did. But I was like thinking about it, and like I couldn't like. I don't know. I couldn't imagine, like, you're slowly strangling to death in a room full of people. 
like watching you die because the room was full of like prison staff like the the nurses doctors um guards the executioner like you know what yeah, i mean people used to pay to go see people get hung and executed yeah like, um what a wild american pastime what the fuck i don't know if any place still has the death penalty but i know in some places that did have death i think they penalty, still do yeah they had a death room where you would be the person who's being executed would be behind this like glass yeah they could pick somebody to go and like watch them get killed i think i've mentioned it on the podcast before about criminal minds and that it happens in criminal minds as well but um this story actually reminds me of i was telling you earlier about selena spooky boo and call me chris that i've been watching um and how they've been doing paranormal activity um stuff they actually visited a state penitentiary. Probably Idaho, because it's open for uh, tours. Oh, that's crazy. Um, I think some of the cases that they speak about would be really cool for you to, not cool, but like, interesting. would be interesting for you to like research, because uh-huh. then you can also find their history of what happened to them inside the prison yeah. before they got executed. Yeah. Like this one guy, I guess he... Um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think it was a bunch of inmates that were chasing him or if it, or it was like the prison guards or whatever that took him down to this place called the hole where they would shove all the prisoners um, when it was like bad weather or whatever. Yeah. Um, when they were out in the courtyard and they basically like decapitated him <gasps> and like all different kinds of things happened in this place. I think it oh my would God. be very interesting for you to like dig through. Yeah. I'll have to send you like the episodes and stuff okay. like that. But there's a couple of places in there that would be really cool for both of us to research on yeah. both of our parts of like things that have happened. Or we can do like a little collab. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be so cute. Um, but damn, that's wild. But like I was saying, that the Idaho State Penitentiary, it um it cl- ended up closing down. Um, but it did reopen basically almost immediately to be like uh like for tourists and stuff hmm. so prior to um back to raymond's dumbass prior to his execution snowden's brother did he ended up writing a letter to the warden and said that said that they do not wish to claim raymond when he dies hmm. and so he was buried in the prison cemetery after his execution so, he, for you, so he's guy. buried there following his, his execution in 1973 so like i think it's like 20 something 18 years whatever later the state penitentiary closed due to a bad riot about the living conditions within the penitentiary. So, like, I guess it's they were treating the prisoners like shit, and they all came banded together and rioted. And because of that, um, because there were like lives lost, because of that, the prison was the prison was closed down, and the prisoners or the inmates were moved to another prison. And pretty soon after closing their doors to inmates, like I said, they opened them fairly quickly for tourists and made the prison. A uh, place you can go and see and tour today. Wait, I, re- I think this is the same place. This I think it is. Familiar. I probably is because it, it's a I'm really like... known. I guess um, I'm, I'm, what's it called? I guess where is it? Like some ghost hunters, like like ghost adventures. So like Zach Bagans have gone and like uh, explored it. They they did an episode on it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's season one, episode eight, but it's on the Idaho State Penitentiary. So you can watch it if you want to be more like me and just like. Stay home and not go visit it and yeah. you know keep your peace. You can watch it on TV. Um, Zach Bagans did an episode on it. Um, but if you have the cojones to go look, <laughs> you can you can go to the yourself. yeah, you, you can go see the the gallows room is there. You can go see where Snowden met his ends. 
perhaps go spit and dance on his grave. I don't know. Endless hostilities, you know, have a girl's day. But yes, it has been explored and you can go see it or you can watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's basically it. And that was the story of Idaho's Jack the Ripper. And I just say that, like, let's not give him a legacy like that and just call him Raymond the piece of shit Snowden. Yeah. Yep. Or just Raymond Snowden the piece of shit. Something I, like that. I like that. While you were finishing up, I was trying to figure out what prison it was that um, they went to Spookie Boo and then went to, but they don't have the name in their title. It's just like the most haunted. We've explored the most haunted it probably um, is prison in america or something it like has that. like a like a his or not a history but it has a reputation mm-hmm. for that but speaking of zach baggins because you hinted at him i did um but for anybody who doesn't know who zach baggins is um are you living under a rock I'm just he, kidding. <laughs> he um has a show called ghost adventures yeah. that's his most like well-known one um, and he's a 46 year old. He is a. I love it. <laughs> I got his whole. I got his whole background. Okay, that's funny. That's funny. Um, he's a 46 year old man, um, who is a paranormal investigator. I don't think they do the ghost adventure show anymore. I don't think. Um, I, I think he and some of the people fell off. Yeah, I used to be like the girls are fighting. I used to binge watch it all the Me time too. on the Sci Fi Channel. But along the way, he has come across, like, a different array of haunted artifacts. Mm -hmm. And what those are are, like, things that have entities attached to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And since then, he has created his own museum. And I know you and I have talked about it. Because that's one place that you and I want to go to. So bad. Um, I would like to do the nighttime tour. That'd be really cool. They uh-huh. also have one where you can stay the night in the museum. You're on drugs. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he created his own museum with all of the haunted artifacts. And he made his own little fucking Lorraine and Ed Warren yeah. room. Yeah. And um, he has created his own museum with them. Along with other artifacts he has gotten from others who no longer want their haunted items. Meaning, like, he, he like, bought some of the items off of people because they didn't want them. And he, um, he wanted them. So, they... That's wild. Yeah. So, in order for them to do this or show everyone these items that he um, not only has that are haunted, but, like, I think he has some kind of, like, also, like, murderer's artifacts... I think I've seen like that. that. Yeah. He has the Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, but he also has a show called um, Deadly Possessions, and that's the show where he, like, will speak to the previous owners um, where they come onto the show and be like, oh, this is the origins, this is the activities that they've encountered while having the item, and he'll kind of decide based off of, like, what they tell him, like, if... He wants to buy it off of them. Yeah. Um, so for my topic of the episode today is um, I'm going to talk about like a couple of the items and like what has happened and cool. like that kind of thing. Um, one of the items is called a, a Dibuk box. A Dibik box. Dibik box, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they are are wine cabinets believed to be haunted by a dibic 
a malicious demon believed to have um, the power to invade and possess a living person. Mm -hmm. The legend of the Dybbuk boxes originated in Jewish... In Oh my gosh. I don't even have braces in yet, and I'm already lisping. Oh, it's okay. Um, She's preparing for it. <laughs> originated in Jewish folklore, where a disembodied human spirit wanders restless until it finds a haven in the body of a living person. Have you ever heard the story? I don't know if it's real or if I just saw it on TikTok. I think I saw it on TikTok, but I'm going to share with you anyways. This girl said, or this girl, there's like the story of this girl that had said, or she felt um responsible for the holocaust because her family had they had a different box in their possession and she opened it the day before the holocaust happened what the fuck before yeah everything happened and she opened it and the next day everything happened and she felt like today she died that she was responsible for the holocaust i don't know if that's a true story but could you imagine like that? Like having girl? that guilt on you, and like Holy shit, and like it could have just been like, because I don't know like everything about. I don't, as we know, I don't know history. So Hitler could have obviously had this shit building up for a very long time, and just by coincidence, she opened the damn box one day before he popped off. Yeah, and then she died thinking she caused the Holocaust. That's Poor girl. So sad. Oh no! Yeah, I could not imagine having that. Number. I don't know if it's real. I mean, if it's a real story, it breaks my heart. But I, yeah, I want to share that because that was crazy. Ugh, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Jewish folklore, the concept gained traction in the 16th century when Kabbalah, a religious... Uh, okay. Um, you it, sound like me. A religious rite of exorcism was popularized in northern Galilee, city of Tzvat, which is... It's T-Z-F-A-T. Okay. Isaac Luria, a mystic, laid the groundwork for Jewish belief by or belief in Dybbuk's, um through his doctrine of the transmigration of souls. His discipline or his disciples further developed the notion of possession by a Dybbuk. Wait, um, is that a real book? Like like their version of a Bible? Mm-hmm. <gasps> is that real? I'll have to pull it up. Um, I think it it's, um, I can't. I don't know if it's like they're they like made up this religion. Yeah. Or if it stems off of another one. I get you. Um, but yeah. Authentic Dybbuk boxes usually come with a backstory and a certified document. Which who the is, fuck is certifying yeah. Dybbuk boxes? Yeah. Who the fuck is going through opening them? Knock knock. Is there, yeah. is there a demon in here? Your um, home? Okay, this one is for sure haunted, guys. Just the, so you know. the documents were papers signed by rabbi that state under all circumstances do not open. Yeah. And this is something that is physically written on the on the certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2003, a Dybbuk box appeared on eBay when antique store owner Kevin Manis bought a vintage wine box from a 103-year-old Holocaust survivor. And after a she sh- the damn demon. Yeah. And after a series of unexplained hauntings, um, but it's also on him for not understanding what it is if he didn't understand, you know? Yeah. Um, but after a series of unexplained hauntings, recurring nightmares, bruises, and ammonia smells. Oh damn. Um, the box found its way back in 
onto eBay and landed in the hands of a guy named Jason Haxton. Mm-hmm. Um, he felt the wrath of the box and buried it in Missouri, um, but not before pulling it out of the ground to appear on television show for Ghost Ghost Adventures. So he literally buried the box. He buried the box, dug it up so that he could be on the show with Zach Baggins and then give it to him. He bought it, buried it because he was getting haunted. Yeah. And then Zach was like, hey, you got that box? He's like, yeah, actually, I do. He went and dug it up and gave it to him? No, Zach didn't. As far as I know, Zach didn't get in contact with him. Oh, he contact with him? But he heard about the show that Zach was ah, doing. I get you. And, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Haxton initially didn't believe the stories associated with the box and didn't have any worries when opening it. Oh, my fucking God. I had no worries when yeah, I opened the You're a fucking guy, moron. Like, anybody? Okay. Don't open anything. You don't know what's in even there. Even if you don't even care or you don't really feel it. Like, if somebody says, this place is haunted or this is haunted, don't do this, don't do that, you shouldn't do it. Honestly. Like, whether you believe it or not, you just shouldn't do it. Um, but after acquiring the box, he became very ill and called it a tidal wave of bad luck. I bet. I bet it was. Yeah. Haxton followed a rabbi's advice to place the cabinet in a gold-lined wooden container to negate whatever entity was inside. Damn, why did you just find one of those laying around? He now keeps the cabinet inside a military-grade case, Jesus. which he buried. And then thousands of people have offered to buy the box for any price but baxton states it's unethical for him to sell it and yeah he believes that the um the dibbick's unfinished business is finished and its energy has reversed making it his personal fountain of youth what yeah and today the market is full of dibbick boxes with some being fake and others being real yeah that's what the fuck why is buying a divic box a fucking trend i don't know why is it why is that becoming a, no that should not become anything leave leave shit you don't know alone that's all i'm saying I that's all know. i'm saying and i was confused when it said that um that he still has it yeah um, so he because, gave it to zach because that's what i th- that's what i was confused about was because it's listed on zach's website um i pulled up his website and took like some of his like really well-known items on there and um yeah this is one of them that he has inside maybe he found another different box somewhere else maybe there's another case uh another item that he has called ed gynes cauldron and (gasps) i didn't want to go into detail on this one because i thought about ed gynes myself i thought um it'd be a cool topic for you to cover eventually oh he's burning in hell that's all i'm saying yeah um zach bought it from an auction and originally uh and the original owner ed was a cannibal and grave robber mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the next item that we have is the devil's rocking chair i oh my gosh i've seen a video of sam and colby sitting in it and that shit looks frightening have you watched the conjuring movie the devil yes. made me do it yes okay so it, wait it's a chair is it it, it inspired that movie. Wasn't that a real, like a real, a case? Yeah, it's an Ed and um, Lorraine case. 
Like the chair is what caused. Have I not watched that movie fully? Why am I so confused right now? So I'll kind of I'll go through it and Was I high? It, it should make more sense. Okay. Um. So. The Devil's Rocking Chair inspired Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Mm-hmm. Um, it was owned by Glatzel family since the 1950s and is believed to be the cursed object responsible for tragic events. Um, David Glatzel, an 11-year-old, was the first to become possessed by the evil spirit. He woke up in a terror and woke up screaming at his family. Damn. His sister Debbie closely monitored him and he became socially um, withdrawn and disconnected from the world. The Glatzel family invited a priest to banish the evil spirits, mm-hmm. but it only worsened the spirit. So I've David, heard that that does sometimes. Yeah. So David had more frequent visions and began screaming at his family in unrecognizable voices and speaking in old English. <gasps> in tongues? Yeah. That's wild. Um, the paranormal professionals, Ed and Lorraine, visited the Glatzel family and performed exorcisms on David, often while he was seated in the rocking chair. After many exorcisms, the devil was extracted from David's body and the family felt free of the demonic force. So eventually they got rid of it. But however, the family's... Um, I don't know what this word is. It says, It looks like fiancé, but it has an extra E. I think it is fiancé. Um, the family's fiancé, Arnie Johnson. The family's fiancé? They married yeah, Arnie? No. Did they collectively See, that married? didn't make any sense to me. Um, it's a, is the fiancé, the family's fiancé, Arnie Johnson, became increasingly out of control and murdered his landlord. Johnson claimed... That it, was a wild jump, Miranda. Yeah. Um, but that was... I believe after the exorcisms, the exorcism. so it okay. didn't, it, he, the spirit must have jumped or something. Yeah. So Johnson claimed in court that he was not responsible for his actions due to demonic possession, but the court overlooked his plea and sentenced him to prison. After serving five years, Johnson married Debbie, um, which I believe is oh my gosh. the sister. Yeah. So maybe she. That was okay. He was her fiance. Yeah. Okay. Um, despite the horrific events, the Glatzel family held on to the rocking chair even when they moved house. See, I just don't get why you would perform an exorcism in a fucking rocking chair. Don't you need like a sturdy piece of furniture so like it doesn't get thrown about and broken? A rocking chair just seems like you can't get out. Like now they're just moving and rocking. Like I'd be yeah. like, stop, sit still. Like yeah. Um, I, oh, no, I could not, I... It's creepy. Yeah. Makes it creepier. What the... The strange activity never completely stopped, and anyone who sat in the chair would suffer consequences such as excruciating back problems, Mm -hmm. which is funny because rocking chairs, I feel, aren't that comfortable anyway, so that would be something that would happen. But the chair is still protected at the haunted museum Mm -hmm. with demonic spirits surrounding it. And museum workers reporting suspicious happenings. Visitors are warned to enter at their own risk. So a lot of the, um, a lot of the workers, I guess, at the haunted museum do witness things. Uh huh. I mean, I'm sure anybody would if they entered like a place like that. Um, but for many of these items that you go to see, you do have to sign a warrant. Uh, not a warranty. A waiver? A waiver, yeah. 
one of them in specific, um, the item being called Peggy the Doll. Um, for this one, I, I'm kind of having a hard time between deciding whether or not we should post pictures of Peggy the Doll. I've heard. I think she, isn't she the one you don't stop pictures of? She's the one that you're not supposed to look at the picture of because it can I, cause in, uh, bad issues. I. Me personally, I have looked at her many times and looked her up many times. That I I've never had any issues, um, but we'll just leave that out, I guess. Search it at your own will. Yeah, we won't force you to stare um, Peggy in the eyes. Yeah. So Peggy the doll is a supposed um, possessed doll that has been linked to a mysterious illness that has affected victims even through their screens. What the front door, Peggy? Yeah, even on the show, he he does preface this like, oh, like, we are going to show Peggy the doll. Look away if you don't want to, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. British paranormal investigator Jane Harris has was tasked with examining the doll after a woman called her in 2015 after it caused nightmares and a mysterious illness. Um Jane Harris, I've never heard of before, and I kind of want to look into her more and, like, maybe do a couple more stories on her and, like, the the stories that she has, like, or things that she has done with paranormal entities and stuff like that. That Yeah. Cool. Um, but Harris was ill and suffered from hallucinations and strange noises while Peggy was in her house. So in order to do this in- examination, she took it home with her. Jesus. Yeah. Um, psychics examined Peggy so the professional the paranormal investigator professional had to go seek psychic professionals so (gasps) psychics examined Peggy revealing that the spirit of a London woman born in 1946 was attached has attached to her English literally Um, a London woman born in 1946 has attached herself to the doll london yeah the woman later died from a respiratory condition which psychics believe is asthma a video of peggy was uploaded to youtube causing it says that this caused nearly a hundred people to experience headaches illness heartaches and anxiety but i feel like that's a, a wide array of things that could have hap- that have happened no peggy's like, out here spreading asthma like i'm sorry again i haven't had any issues um with the image maybe if i saw her in person something might happen but it feels like not enough people have experienced these things watching the youtube video to <coughs> Oh my god. Sorry. Oh my god. I could never have pneumonia again. God no. I had it for like three months straight. But like I've never had an issue with it. Um, it seems like a very little amount of people who have experienced anything. So I feel like these might be people that are reaching for like, oh, like I get you. She's hurt me, blah blah blah, like that kind of thing. I'm I'm a firm believer in paranormal, but also the brain is a very powerful thing. And if you want to make something happen and I feel like you believe in it enough, yeah. You can make yourself feel sick or feel nauseous or dizzy or even see things. The brain, like I said, very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So Peggy is now on display at Zach's museum, um, where visitors must sign a waiver before I bet. they can see her. I don't know if she's in her own room. 
Um, Probably a case, I would assume. I know that he has a room of dolls, God which I would love to that. go see. No, um, you're going by yourself. I love dolls. I love porcelain dolls. You're psychotic. Um, I specifically bought a porcelain doll. I think God. I have her in my living room. Um, I specifically bought a porcelain doll from the hospice um, thrift store. There's a hospice. Were you store. looking for a haunted doll? Yeah, I was. I, I bought her specifically hoping that something was attached to her. Uh, um, was there? No. Oh, my God. But the last um, item that we have is called the Staircase to Hell. Oh, my goodness. We're just taking a fucking field trip to seven circles of heaven or hell today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I'm really excited to go to this place. I really want to so bad. And I'm hoping this can be one of our spooky activities oh, for yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. Um, Most definitely. But the Staircase to Hell... Um, Zach was intrigued by an indie star story by Latoya Amans. Um, al- allegations of demon possessions inside a demon house mm-hmm. in Gary, Indiana. Um, Amans claimed that she and her three young children had been possessed by spirits inside the rental home from 2011 to 2012. Wow. Um, So the Gary Police Department and the Indiana Department of Child Services investigated and a priest performed exorcisms. Even some of the biggest skeptics were made into believers. So a lot of people who didn't believe that any of this was happening ended up believing after they witnessed it. I bet. Yeah, shit firsthand. I'm being a believer out of me real quick. So Amon's and her family... Um, heard footsteps on the basement stairs last or basement. <laughs> Jeez, my throat is so dry. Um, Ammons and her family heard footsteps on the basement stairs late at night, and the basement and kitchen doors creaked open unassisted. They cl- unassisted, unassisted. Oh my god, unassisted. So they claimed the doors got the. They claimed that the demons got to the three children who experienced evil, uh, evil smiles, eyes bulging, and their voices deepening while possessed. Oh my greatness! Yeah, could you imagine, like a little kid? No, I don't want to. Thank you. Like a seven-year-old. No. <laughs> um, I'm gonna call Sam and Dean. The nine-year-old boy described that, or described what it felt like to be killed. Oh my goodness. While the seven year old clenched his hands around his older brother's throat and wouldn't let go until an, old, uh, an adult pried him off. The 12 year old girl floated above the bed what? while unconscious. So there's, there's lots of things happening here. Yeah, there's, this shit's popping off. Yeah. Um, the police investigated and the Indiana Department of Child Services intervened, finding Ammons guilty of neglect. For not sending her children to school regularly. That's wild. I think about that sometimes. How many, like, civil cases or, like, uh, criminal cases that are, like, oh, neglect or, like, murder or whatever. And it was just someone being possessed. Yeah. Like, that's wild. Because, obviously, you can't use that as a fucking legal defense. But that shit's real. Like, yeah. that shit is real. Like, how do you prove that? You, exactly. You know what's fucking irritating? You make me put my damn <laughs> hand on a stupid Bible I don't even believe on. But I can't tell you that I was possessed. Come on. That still like, doesn't make sense to me because, like, why are you going to swear on a Bible but we're supposed to be separation of church and state? Facts, queen, exactly. And if, if I don't even believe in a Bible, and if I lie to you, now I'm going to be held to, like, held in contempt 
but I'm believing the damn Bible, so I don't. It's not holding any of my morals in within yeah. its pages. So why am I gonna? You know what I mean? Fucking. Ah. Yeah. Um. So they told Ammons to find a job in a an appropriate housing. Jesus. And so the family moved into a new home with no reports of demons. Well, those. I love that they're like, oh, go do all this, but we'll give you no assistance to do any of it. Yeah. Pieces of shit. And the case was closed in February 2013. Okay. Um, Ammons felt weak, lightheaded, and warm while possessed. Mm-hmm. And the 12-year-old girl told mental health p- professionals that she was paralyzed and felt like she was being choked. Oh, poor so baby. So she, too, was also being choked. Yeah. Um, a priest, Rev. Michael Magnet, Mag- Magnot, it's kind of like maggot. I bet for I a fact he was called a maggot when he was a kid. Probably. Kids are ruthless. Um, He performed three major ex- exorcisms on Ammons and her family, which were the first authorized by the Bishop of Catholic Church's um, Diocese of okay. Gary in his 21st or his 20 years of service. Oh, damn. Um. After buying, yeah, which is crazy. Like, wh- what is what requires you to for this to be the like first? Oh, there's a lot of you know authorized uh-huh. one. Like that's that's. I crazy. guess there's like a lot of like a criteria you have to meet in order to be um like authorized for a exorcism to be conducted mm-hmm. like on you or in your house. Like I guess like a lot of the times I guess. You have they have to go through like the Vatican. Like they have to ask for yeah. like they have to ask for um permission to the Vatican because they have, you know, requirements that you have to meet. And if you don't meet it, then you're just kind of like, well, sorry, you're not haunted enough or something, you or know. You're fucking things up more, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you're not holy enough. Exactly. Um, but after buying the home in 2014, Baggins, Zach Baggins. He bulldozed it in February 2016. Wait. So he kept it for two years. He bulldozed his fucking his museum? No, 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 no. He bulldozed the home, the demon house. Oh, okay. Um, and he filmed the demolition Why would he do that? for the demon house documentary, which you can find on Netflix. He should have made the demon house his museum. Now it's in a haunted house with all your haunted ob- objects. I feel like that would become too much of a risk. Have it uh cleansed by a priest every like once a week or every day but that would that would mm, i don't know rain and ed did yeah latoya ammons her mother and her children live in indiana indianapolis Mm -hmm. without fear both ammons and magnet signed movie deals separate from the baggins film with evergreen media holdings in 2014 with Lee Daniels set to direct the project. I don't okay. know what this movie is. Um, it didn't say for some reason. This was about almost 10 years ago, so I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Well, so I'm, I I, I'm assuming it had to do with... Um, I'm assuming it was The Conjuring 3, but I, I don't <gasps> Oh, know. yes. Yes, yeah, um, probably. But after the home was bulldozed, Baggins kept the stairs from the home and called, it, um, called them the staircase to hell along... He also kept... Um, dirt and ritual items that were discovered at the home damn i believe the police found these ritual items but yeah but like they still 
weren't convinced that a possession was happening. Yeah, the, but they found yeah, ritual items. That doesn't make any sense. Well, because they, I'm sure they just say they they see these items as like oh, just a random bunch of items and not like how we see them ritual items. You know. Yeah. But yeah, that was my story of Zach's items. I'm really, I'm really excited to hopefully one day like, go, see, go it. And see it. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing those yeah. some of those items that we perhaps can go see. Yeah. I know that you can't cool. sit in the devil's chair. Because I guess, like, obviously it gives you issues or whatever. But that'd be cool to go see it. Yeah. I I don't know. I would have to sign a bunch of waivers. but That's, that's fine. fine. We'll sign some waivers. <laughs> I'll sign over my life to see a couple of de- possessed objects. Yeah. Um, I believe we're posting this episode after we announce the winner for the giveaway. So whoever oh, yes. won the giveaway, congratulations to you again. Congratulations. Um. I wanted to touch base on a couple of things, but I completely forgot. Oh, one of them is we are three episodes away from episode 10, which mm-hmm. means our guest will be showing up on the show soon. Yeah, we'll have our little, um, yeah, our guest speaker. Is that what you would call them? Our guest host? Our guest? Guest host? I guess. Maybe. Perhaps, but they'll be here in episode 10 telling us a little bit of their stories, correct? Or, like, personal stories? Just, like, stories that they want to share. Um, as far as I know, they aren't personal stories, okay, but they fine. are stories, local stories. That'd be fun. We can talk about that. Show. Show. Um, so, so, oh my <laughs> greatness. We're so, Lisbon. I know. So, for that one, should we still do our usual stories or just kind of have that one be kind of like a... Maybe short ones. Yeah, like little random, like a couple of different little mini ones. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so that'll be kind of like a little, like a hodgepodge of stories on episode 10. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. Um, Just a reminder, you can still share all your stories with us. You can DM us on Instagram. You can send us emails to thebestschoolspodcast at gmail.com. And our Instagram is... Oh shit! A best schools pod. That is what it is. I don't know why I forgot that. Um and yeah, just kind of send us your your stories and we'll share them on the show as we get them. Yeah. Um. When we get um a good amount, we'll make an episode. But as of right now, we there's just they're not enough for an episode. Yeah. But besides that, that's that's basically all I have. Do you have anything? No. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode. And thanks for following and being supportive. And I we appreciate you all. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Okay. See you next episode. Bye. Bye.